Thank you, Patty. And uh, the, the three kings are actually visiting us here this morning, so we appreciate that. Well, good morning and Happy New Year. Just want to um, get a few things out of the way before I jump into the message this morning. Uh, we are going to try something new for our prayer time only on Communion Sundays, not every Sunday. So only on Communion Sundays, we're going to give, we want to uh, provide ways, we're trying to find the best way to provide ways, or the best system, for you to also pray for one another. So during our prayer time, everything else will be the same, but during our prayer time, um, the facilitator, which will be Eric this morning, he will take requests, we were going to do one at a time, take a request, and then ask for a volunteer to pray for it. But I think um, for this time, he's going to take all the requests, kind of organize them, and ask for volunteers to pray for this category or, the, or this person. But the, the idea behind it is to give us opportunities to pray for one another and to give us opportunities to grow um, in, our, in our body and to just create a coherency there. So in order to do this, what we've done is I will preach the sermon, but our communion time will, will not have a message attached to it. In the past, the guys who have facilitated communion or led us in communion have also led us in the Word of God. So we're going to try to curtail that, which would give us more time to pray for one another at the end. We're kind of finding our way here. There's nothing that's said in concrete, but the heart of it is our desire for us to pray for one another and hear each other's prayers and be edified by that. So that's, that's that. The other thing is um, I'm going to start a new book study this year, not today, but this year. And uh, don't blurt it out if you think you know it, but how many just think you know what, I'm, what book I'm going to preach on this year? Okay, there's not quite half. <clears throat> they were probably told. Leadership was, and their families were probably told. So I gave you a hint that the book that we will be studying this year is a book that is often mispronounced. As a matter of fact, just this week, on two different occasions, I, I heard several people mispro mispronounce this book. So that was my first clue. My second clue is, in this book, is the mention of God. So if you can think of a Bible book that mentions God in it, then you're on the right track. I'll give you another hint. In this book are mentions of lampstands. So if you can think of a Bible book that talks about lampstand or lampstands, then you are on the right trail for the book that we're going to study. I'll give you another clue. In this book is to talk about a door. Specifically, this book talks about a door. And even more specifically, this book talks about knocking on a door. So, if you know your Bibles, you're getting even closer. If you're still not sure, this book that we're going to study in 2023 also talks about the significance of the numbers 6, 6, Six. So now what book are we going to be studying this year? We are studying the book of Revelation. There is no revelations with the S in your Bible. 
It does not have an S. Psalms is plural. It has an S. Revelation does not have an S. So that is what we're going to um, be looking into this year. It is a very different book, and it's quite frankly, it's very difficult. So it's the hardest Bible book I've ever studied. Um, I still don't really know what I'm going to say about it. It's just really, it, there's some craziness to it. It's visions, it's, it's apocrypha writing, and I'll, I'll give a proper introduction to it next week. But I just appreciate your prayers. We're not studying this book to satisfy our curiosity of, you know, well, how, how could heaven have multi-eyed beasts and rainbows over thrones and things like that? It's not so much to satisfy our curiosity, but I, I'm spending a lot of time on this book personally because I just want to know what God has to say. His words are important. And this is kind of unexplored territory for me. I, I, I ignore the book, honestly. I ignore it because it's... I'll tell you when we get into it, but uh, it's just hard. But I really want to know what it means. I really want to know what God has to say to us. So that's going to be our approach for that book, and I appreciate your prayers to that end. Well, a Happy New Year to you, and I actually want to kind of break the mold and preach an official New Year's Eve sermon, a New Year's Day sermon, because it happens to be literally New Year's Day, and usually I just take whatever text that I'm working on and tie New Year's into it, but since it's New Year's Day, I thought, why not? Let's just do a New Year's message just to help us focus and, and maybe launch us into 2023, use a passage of the Bible to do that. So I'm trusting that we'll, we'll find the spiritual, need, uh, spiritual meat that we need and edification in this passage this morning to launch us into 2023, and I've entitled the sermon, Across to the Other Side. Very familiar passage in Mark 4, chapter, verses 35 through 41. If you want to turn your Bibles there, I'm going to go ahead and read it. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear, and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? The bottom line of this passage, the, the main message, the reason Mark wrote this and included it in his gospel, is to show us that Jesus is God. You know, because you, you think about, well, who could do something like this? You know, who, who can command the elements? And the elements obey this person's voice. Well, only God could do something like that. So I want to 
I want to throw that teaching out there. That's the main idea of this passage, but there's a whole lot more to it, to that. And I want to look at the, the disciples' reaction and what Jesus says to them, so the whole interaction of the real-life experience, and try to draw some principles, life lessons, or preparation for us heading into the new year. So we're not, we will not literally experience this. I don't think this year we'll find ourselves in a boat with Jesus on a lake, the Sea of Galilee, in a storm. But just as Jesus' disciples face this episode in their lives, we're going to face a lot of episodes and events in our lives. Some of them may be life-threatening. Hopefully not. But some of them may be perilous. Some of them may be life-threatening. But God is the God of teachable moments. And it's amazing to me how the, the Lord just utilizes opportunities like this to challenge people that follow Him and believe in Him. So you can expect in 2023 that the God of teachable moments will use life circumstances to teach us. So the context of this story is that Jesus has been doing some very, very heavy teaching. This is a particular day where he's been teaching almost all day and there are a lot of people, crowds have gathered around him. And on this day he is teaching in parables. So you have the parable of the sower and the seeds. And he, would, he talked about the parable of the lampstand. The point being that the purpose for the light is to expose things and reveal things. Um, he talks about uh, the parable of the mustard seed. Um, so there's uh, the parable about what's measured or the measure that you use will be used for you as well. So he's just... One teaching after another. These are um, deep and profound kingdom of God principles that he has been teaching. So that's been going on all day. And as you can imagine, many were baffled at a lot of these teachings because they were parables. His disciples were also baffled. But in verses 33 through 34, right before what I just read, it says, with many such parables he spoke the word to them, and they were able, as they were able to hear it, and he did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples, he explained everything. So they just had a real, they were introduced to parables, kingdom parables 101. They had a course on that that very day. So their minds have been saturated with, with the ways of God and the things of God. It was time to quit. The day was ending. And so this is when Jesus said, let's cross to the other side. They're in the area of Galilee. They have to cross over the Sea of Galilee to get into the Gerasenes area where eventually he will, um, will uh, exercise a demon out of the demon-possessed crazy man on that side, other side of the lake. So they were immersed in that. But before we get any deeper, I just want to make the point that we need to keep in mind as we think about this story that, that it was the same Lord that's with them, the same Lord that has been teaching the disciples all day, the same Lord that was with them in the calm, on the storm, it's the same Lord that is with them in this boat that's being tossed 
uh, to and fro. So they're, they're going to a different place. They're going from there to here. But they're going with the same God. It's the same nature and the same character. Though they're going to a different place. So as we think about transferring from 2022 to 2023. It's, it's a very important truth to realize that no matter what's going to, going to go on there, no matter what we will run into or see, and we don't know what that's going to be, that we're going into this new year with the same God. God does not change. The same reliable nature, the same God that He has always been to you, a good God, a merciful God, a loving God, an attentive God, incredibly caring God, it's that same God that is with us into the next year. So, <clears throat> you know, that, that's, that's the good news. Now, I think it's good news, but for some it may not be good news. And that is this same God is going to give us teachable moments in 2023 or what uh, some might call pop quizzes. The disciples have been immersed in kingdom teaching. They probably thought at the end of that day, I just really know God and, and comprehend kingdom ways a lot better than I did when I woke up this morning. But then they're introduced to this real life experience that turns out to test their, their knowledge and their faith in this God that they're learning <clears throat> about. So there's kind of a, a pop quiz I don't know if you've ever had a teacher that liked to throw pop quizzes. Uh, if you're the kind of person that is usually prepared and you do your homework, then you probably love pop quizzes because you already have been thinking about that class. But if you are not that kind of person, you like to know when there's going to be a test and you only study when you have to, then you won't like pop quizzes. But God gives us pop quizzes, so we want to always be ready for teachable moments <clears throat> so he sends tests to see what we've learned all through the year last year in 2022 we parked in the book of corinthians second corinthians and we also learned about covenant class and why we do church and why we're here uh, there have been bible studies throughout 2022 that this church has offered sunday school classes youth group all the different Discipleship ministries, one-on-one, the care groups, all the different ministries uh, and areas of study God has brought to us. He has fed us well in 2022. He specifically, I believe, the sovereign God specifically guides all of us in all of our spiritual and ministry endeavors, even counseling, praying for one another in a very specific way to grow us, to, uh, to create opportunities us where, in us where we can glorify Him to the, most, uh, to the utmost. But I also think that though He feeds us so well, He will hold us accountable to what He's been teaching us. It just makes sense. He wants us to grow, and the only way we can grow is to know if we really are learning anything. And so He will send pop quizzes. He will provide lots of teachable moments to see, okay, I've fed you this book or this Bible study. You, 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 you had these... Um, peers that you hung out with this year to encourage you spiritually. Are you actually drinking this in? Are you really learning it? 
Or do you go away like the man in the mirror and you forget what you look like? Is God's word falling on good soil? Falling on rocky soil all year and so none of it's taken root? Is it, has it grown up and just shallow and got scorched? As in Jesus' parable or devoured by the birds? Or is God's word finding in our hearts this plush soil and taking root, and we're growing in Christ. So in our story, Jesus climbs into the boat, and he's headed for the other side. And a great windstorm arose, and I understand that in the Sea of Galilee, that was not terribly uncommon, but for whatever reason, they were like squalls, where the winds could just kick up without any warning, and like a whirlwind or a squall, you you find yourself in this storm. And so it's winds, and that kicks up the power of the water. And it was a gust of winds there from all different directions. They swoop down, so they come out of nowhere. You know, like pop quizzes kind of come out of nowhere. So here's the disciples. They weren't expecting this. They were tired. They're going to the other side, and here it comes. A real-life circumstance event that will test them in some way as God gives to His students. Sometimes things come unexpected. A lot of times things come unexpected trials in our lives. We could start out the day and it's sunny, everything's going our way, it's peaceful, it's calm, and by the end of the day, we don't even know what direction life is headed. You know, you, you don't, we don't know what news is going to come our way any given day. We don't know what we'll read in the news about the fate of our nation or our state or the world or a loved one or a family member. Life can come, go from sunny and peaceful to very, very chaotic and tumultuous or vice versa. You never know when you might get that phone call. You never know what the test results might communicate or you get that unexpected bill or summons in the mail, and the, it's the winds. They just pop up out of nowhere and they, they blow fiercely and things seem very, very out of control. So the winds came upon this boat and the winds were so fierce that it caused the water to kick up and it's not just holding on to the boat because the winds, now the water is filling the boat. And they're aware of this. And if you've ever been in this situation in, in real life in a boat, it is scary. Because you know boats are designed in a certain way to hold a certain amount of cargo. And when it goes over that limit, the boat will sink. So this is a real concern that they have with this extra water going in there now. Things are really getting out of control. And they are very afraid, Scripture tells us. Now what is Jesus doing during this time? Remarkably, He is sleeping. He's He's cuddled up to his my pillow or some kind of cushion in the stern, and he is asleep this time. They're going crazy. Jesus has that peace. He has that peace that passes all understanding, and it passed their understanding for sure. And it's interesting right here to me because this is where this this happening turns into a theological lesson. There's so many things in life we think, oh, that's just life. But what it really is, it's just theology. Because it turns into, what do we think about life? 
What do we think about the things that we're experiencing? How fearful are we or should we about be about the things that are, we're experiencing? So Jesus turns this real life happening into a theological lesson. We learned this morning that theology is the study of God. It's, the, it's one of the ologies. And theos is the Greek word for God. So it's a study of God. All throughout life, God wants to be known. And we know him through his revealed word. And he will use life's happening to teach us what the meaning and intent of the revealed word. He gives us opportunities to grasp it and to understand it. Not just stay in the classroom. So what, what do they really know about God? What did they know about him on the shore when it was sunny? And what do they know ab- about it now? 38, he was in the stern asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Do you not care? Does God care? That's a theological question, isn't it? So now they find themselves in an in a event where they are wondering, does God care? Because based on their concern and their reaction, I mean, Jesus certainly knows what he's talking about. They said, do you not care? That is a great theological question. And it's a question that we will have to answer or a question that we may ask for the right reasons or the wrong reasons any time in 2023. So when the outside storms all of a sudden become storms in our heart, they become storms in our minds. And now the chaos that was out there is now in my head and it's in my body and I don't understand what's going on. God, do you care? Look, at, look what's happening here. So you see that the transition takes place from external storms to internal storms, which makes it a theological query. Does God care about my suffering? Does God care about close calls? Does God care about my, my fading health? Does he care about the brokenness in my family? Does he care about how lonely I am or not? Does he care about my finances and I'm trying my best to make things worse and this breaks down and this breaks down? Does he care that my life seems to be falling apart? Does he care? Does he even know I'm stuck in this bad place and I've been here way too long and I need to get out? Does he care about these things? So physical storms on the outside bring spiritual storms into our soul. And that's when what we know about God and what we believe about God comes to bear. That's where the rubber hits the road. The disciples reasoned, and I know they weren't given a lot of time to think all this through, but they reasoned because Jesus is not reacting in the same level of urgency that we are. He's not rescuing us as quickly or as immediately. He's not changing the circumstances fast enough for us. The conclusion is, I guess he just doesn't care. What else am I supposed to think? When he doesn't do what I think he should do, when I think he should do it, I guess he just doesn't care. That's the assumption there. We often think, I'm guilty of thinking countless times. God, uh, now would be a good time to act. 
And something's wrong with you if you're not acting when I think and reason through and come to the conclusion that this is the time for you to act and you're the one that's blowing it if you don't. So, maybe he's not as concerned as we are about certain things. Or he's not as concerned as we thought he was when things were going a little better. So it becomes a problem when we fail to apply what God teaches us on the shores. That deep kingdom teaching when He teaches us here in church or in Sunday school and our personal devotions and it just warms our heart like a cup of coffee as opposed to the rough times on the sea. So the disciples had a personal lesson from Jesus to make sure that they understood the parables. I want to make sure you're my you're my people, my children. I want to make sure you understand how the kingdom works. They got that personal lesson. And now they have through quick circumstances been caught off guard about God's place in their lives. So when things break down and we're we're not sure that they will pan out in our favor, the storm moves from the outside to the inside. And it can cause us to question. So we want to go into the new year understanding, making sure we understand God. Who He really is. Because rest assured, things like this will happen to different degrees and different levels. And we're not going to see them coming. And they're going to shake us. And God's truths seem to make so much sense when things are going in our favor, but when suddenly the the storms come, it's like, wait a minute, I don't know that God is the God that I thought He was. He'll catch us off guard. If If we fail to trust Him on the shore, will we trust Him in the deep? Are we more like Jesus, the rock, or are we more like the boat? It's just like every time a storm comes, gosh, we're flipping around and, oh no, I'm going to sink, I'll never make it through this. Tossed to and fro, as the book of James talks about. The importance of theology, the importance of Bible study, the importance of everyday real life reactions and getting to know God who wants to be known, who wants to be trusted, who doesn't want to see us live in fear, it's important stuff. Verse 38 says they woke him up. So there you have it. I'll say it this once and just move right on. Jesus was woke. It's right there in the Bible. I know what you were thinking, so let's just get it out. Jesus was woke. They woke him. So they they were wide awake. They were shaken. So now they do some shaking on their own and they they have to shake Jesus to wake him up because he's peacefully um, sleeping. So I will say this. You know, the disciples, uh, sometimes they get it right and sometimes they get it wrong. We get to glean from their mistakes and the things that they do right. But they did this right. They knew who to go to. And that is one of the most important lessons in life. Is to know the right person, the right source to go to when we are experiencing these kind of things do we know who to go to in 2023 because it's going to make a difference if we get confused we lose our faith or we or we're not so sure about does god really care and we say oh wow this sounds like the answer this person has the answer or this religion or this philosophy has the answer 
and we find ourselves running over in the wrong direction. We need to know who we're going to go to. I don't know what kind of storms that we will have. I don't know what kind of storms that you will have in 2023. But I know this, that I want to point you to Jesus no matter what it is. He is the safest place, the best place, the one and only true place. He's the refuge. He's the rock. There will not be a calmer situation than when you go to Jesus and you seek Him out. Because that is the right location and that is the right person. So we don't have to think about these kind of things when the sun is shining. uh, But sometimes we don't really even know our theology until the storms come. We think we know it. We think we know it. And sometimes God brings the storms to change our theology because it's wrong. needs some tweaking. Who is this God? So God allows the storms to come our way, yeah. Because He doesn't care? Uh Uh-uh. God allows these storms because He cares so much for us. A lot of times we, we interpret it wrongly. We say, you don't care. How can you do this? How can I not do this? How can I not do this if I love you as I say I do? How can I let you go off and destroy your life? No, this is for your good. It's for your best interest and for my glory. He'll help us in our unbelief. He'll give us opportunities to grow. Unbelief is not a good thing. He wants us to to trust so much more than even we do now. By the end of... Can you you picture yourself at the end of this year believing in God, knowing Him even more, and just trusting in Him in areas that you never thought you could trust Him in? Life can get better like that. God desires that for us. He wants us to grow in faith. He tells us right in His Word, it is impossible to please God without faith. He wants us to trust Him for everything that comes our way in our lives. No situation will arise in 2023 in which God is not involved. God is with us. Everything will pass through Him first. And it is for our best interest. So as we cross over from 22 to 23, there may be things that come our way that we can't handle. And that's real life. But we have to understand that there is nothing that God can't handle. And that's why we cling to Him. That's why we believe in Him. We we go to Him for strength. Not trying to build ourselves up so we don't need God. We go to the God of strength. There's nothing that comes our way that He can't handle. So the storm is not evidence of God not caring. It's not evidence of God's absence. It's evidence of God's presence. It's not a lack of care. It's proof how much God cares. So in their trouble they ask Him, do you not care? So he wakes up and he asks them that question. Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? So he calms a storm and then he just turns it into this theology lesson. So frankly, you look at the situation and I think it's, you know, out of place. It's almost kind of a callous, rude question to ask because how are you supposed to act? 
when your life does seem to be in danger. I mean, this was real. This isn't a parable. How do you act when the winds just all of a sudden come? Oh, man, I wasn't prepared for this. What are we going to do? Now we're taking on water. Now what are we going to do? How are we supposed to act in this situation? That's what we do. That's what we do as humans when, when we're sinking physically, when we're sinking financially, when we're sinking relationally. We, we just launch into our panic attack because we are out of control and we love to be in control. When we're not in control and things overpower us, panic. We are often panic-stricken. All we can see is dark clouds as, as far as our eyes can see. Just nothing but gloom and doom and darkness. So what are we supposed to think? How are we supposed to act when these kind of things come upon us? Why are you afraid? Do you have faith? I'm about to go under. I'm about to go under and you want to talk to me about fear and faith. Hmm. Seems like bad timing to me. It's perfect timing. So let's just park there and, and draw some conclusions as we wind down. So here are some reasons why Jesus wants to talk about fear and faith when we are experiencing who knows what kind of, maybe even a life-threatening storm. The reason one, God has spoken. So God has revealed Himself. Before any storm that we're going to experience, He's already revealed Himself. He's already told us who He is. He's already made specific promises that we are to utilize and to apply whenever a sprinkle comes or a rainstorm or a thunderstorm lightning or you happen to be out on the waters when the storm of storms comes. So before any of that changes, before the weather changes, there is God's Word. And we don't want to let the choppy waters wash away what we have already learned, what God has already spoken what we already know to be true so jesus says let us cross to the other side he didn't say it was going to be smooth he didn't tell them what was going to happen he knows he knows what's going to happen in 2023 so as we think about this year we want to be aware what do we already know what has god already spoken to us what are the promises he didn't say it was going to be easy but he said uh, i've overcome the world it's a hard place to live but i've overcome it He didn't always promise that every day is going to be peaceful, but He is the Prince of Peace. And He is with us. He's a loving God, a faithful God, a compassionate God. So will we believe God's Word over our problems? Or will all of a sudden we question God's Word because our problems just became bigger than God? We'll be tempted to think that He doesn't care. So that's why Jesus wants to talk about fear and faith. Because this situation, they think, does he even care? Reason number two, God is present. God was with them on the shore. He's with them in the boat. He'll be with them on the other side. You, when, God, when God changes your heart and redeems you, you are stuck with him forever and ever and ever. And that is the best promise that you could be given i will not leave you or forsake you it's not about the storms it's not about the ups and downs it's about this this god who's a rock this god who who doesn't run and turn tail no matter what this god who loves us but already knows us in the worst possible way and yet 
He loves us. And He doesn't leave and He doesn't run and He's not ashamed of all these things that we throw. He can handle all of this. So do not fear. I am with you. Be not dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's a promise that we have every day, no matter what we're experiencing. God is with you. Why do we often fear? Because for whatever reason, the God who we, 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 we chummied up to in that morning devotion, then we have this experience, uh, He's not the same God. He's not as close as He was. That's in our heads. He is as close, if not closer. He's a relational God. He remains. He abides. He fellowships. He's the God in the storms. And that's why Jesus wants to talk to them about fear and faith in the middle of a storm. Reason number three, God is our example. And it's always, you can always learn by looking what Jesus says. How's He reacting? How's He behaving? What He's doing? Because He's God in the flesh, right? The Word became flesh. So how, what is He doing? What's He thinking in these times? And a lot of times, we're not reacting like Jesus is or would. So He's worn out, of course, from teaching all day. And so He is getting some well-needed rest. He was in perfect peace before He was shaken out of His sleep. He's not afraid. That's what he's doing. If he's not afraid, then there must be this level of trust. I mean, because he questioned them on their faith. So he must be exercising faith in the Father. All things come to the Father. This is the Father's world. I'm at peace with it. It reminds me of, um, I think it was Stonewall Jackson that said, I am just as safe out on the battlefield as I am when I lay my pillow on my head on the pillow at night. It's the same God. Same God is with me in that battlefield who is with me when, I, when I'm in the safety of my own home. So Christ, he's, he's just trusting the Father. Uh, the, 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 the concept that everything is chaotic and I've just completely lost control, it's not really true for the Christian. Now, we might feel out of control, but God's never out of control. So we want to join Him in His thinking. We want to join Him in His perspective of how He looks at things. Be like Him as we cross over to the other side. And then lastly, God is power. So God's power enables us to fulfill His will. He enables us to do what He requires us of Him. How many times this year... Did it enter into your head that in, in any particular category or area, I'm not so sure I'm going to make it. I'm not so sure I can do this thing. I just, don't, I just can't see this coming together for me. And yet here we are. Thought we might run out of food. Economy going crazy. Inflation might run out of food. Might run out of money. Don't know where, where it's going to come from. Don't know how it's going to work out. Thought the marriage was over. Our children are unreachable. I'll never see them again or whatever. And here we are. God has never left us. So our weakness and our powerlessness to change the circumstances does not mean that God's at a standstill. He's not there with us in that sense. God can change these things. And it is our weakness and powerlessness that should drive us to he who has these limitlessly. So it just reminds me of what Dick Woodward used to say, I can't, but he can, and he's with me. That simple 
truth. We need breaks. We need rest. There's not a storm that He can't handle. There's not a storm that He can't walk through. There's not a storm that He will not bring us to the other side. So, now let me close by going back to the main bottom line teaching of this passage that this reveals that Jesus is God. I don't have it all figured out the disciples might have been thinking, but nobody can do that but God, and He just did it. So in some kind of way, Jesus is God. They not only learned who to turn to, but in this teachable moment, they learned what to fear the most. They were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this? That even the wind and the sea obey Him. As powerful as our circumstances may seem, God is just infinitely more powerful. God, God changes things by speaking, by fiat. So all things are in His... He, he creates all things and He sustains all things, living things, inanimate things, by the power of His Word. And I love how that transition of fear, at first they're scared to death of the circumstances and the elements and the storm. Now they have this like healthy fear and respect of Jesus as God. We want to go into the new year with that healthy fear and respect of Jesus as God. Because we don't know what's going to happen. But what we don't want to do as, is fear world powers. Fear financial situations. Fear heartbreaks. Fear the unknown. More than we fear and respect God. We're not to trust in the events. We're not to trust in the weather. We're to trust in God. He's the Logos. He's the constant. He's the steady one. He holds all things together. So, I can tell you what will await you in 2023, based on this passage. God awaits you. That's what awaits you. God awaits you, and teachable moments await you in 2023. But we don't always have to know exactly where we're going when we know who's driving. As long as whoever's driving knows where they're going, then that's a good thing. God knows where He's going. He's a God that we can trust. So that's why Jesus can talk about fear and faith in the middle of life-threatening storms. Let's purpose to trust Him for our future as we sing our praises this morning and prepare for the Lord's Supper. May God bless the preaching of His Word.